Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Two of the greatest things in the world just happened to me. What's that? One, I'm drinking a warm, hot... I love hot beverages. ...herbal tea to a, soothe the vocal cords. I have to talk about beverages in a minute. And I, as I'm doing this, as I'm doing the intro and I'm holding onto this hot cup, which mm-hmm. is very, very, feels very good in my hand, mm-hmm. I look over at you and you're posing. I'm You're posing. flexing and you're, you're uh, uh, exposing your beefy arm muscles... I am. ...to me... Yep. ...in a strange way. I was just demonstrating how to make your biceps look bigger. You ever see people that yeah. they, you put what you do is you put your fists behind mm. and you push them forward. You push them out. And it makes it look bigger. You know, your biceps are uh, comprised of two muscles. And it's actually a very small muscle group, is it not? The biceps are not a relatively small muscle group. It's bicep because it's two. Bi. It's biceps. It's the bicep. Can we talk about beverages for a minute? What kind of beverage? Well, first of all, let's recap last week's show. What do we do? I forget. I don't remember. But you know what the cool thing about this show is? You don't have to listen in order. You could just pick up a show anywhere Mm. and listen to it. You get a good taste of who we are, what we do. And you don't really need to listen to them in a row. We'd like you to listen to all of them, but not necessarily in a row. You know, I went the other... I I, I check uh, periodically uh, throughout the course of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I log on to our uh, website and I can track where people are listening from. I can see trends and listenings and things of that sort. So I'd like to give a shout out to uh, two individuals. I don't know who they are. One is in Sanford, Maine, or the Sanford, Maine area, oh. who uh, who listened to about 10 shows in a row. Maine is cool. And, and then even more impressive than that was somebody in Eugene, Oregon. What's going on in Eugene? Uh, that's the, the University of, uh, of um, Oregon is there, I Maybe believe. Maybe it's a delicious, the Ducks. A delicious co-ed. And, oh, that would be nice. Maybe. But anyway, they listened to about 72 shows in a row, <laughs> which is amazing because this is only show 33 for us. What's up, Oregon? Yeah, is it up? Oregon or Oregon? Well, if you're from Oregon, it's Oregon, Oregon, or Oregon, Oregon. But if you're outside of that area, like it's Oregon. Oregon. I have to give a shout out too, and I promised I would do this. So I was mm. contacted over the week by the proprietor mm. of the Outhouse Bar and Grill oh. in Oh gosh, he's gonna kill me because I forget what town it's in. It's in Tennessee. Okay, somewhere in Tennessee, it's the Outhouse Bar and Grill. The proprietor's name is Jeffrey. Uh, and he said he said that he and his uh, bar patrons listen to the program in the bar, mm. which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I'll have to get the name of the, t- name That's of the a, town. That's certainly a most unique name for a bar and, yeah. and grill. Would you go to the Outhouse Bar and Grill? I don't know if I would. <laughs> but a uh, great group of listeners down there, so we want to say hey. I bet the beer's cold and the steaks are hot. And they drink moonshine. Uh, he told me that they do. They produce their own moonshine. Hopefully the government isn't listening oh. because I don't think you're supposed to do that. Are they getting taxed on that? Ooh, I don't know. But it's all about the tax, you know. Mm. You know, and speaking of which, most people, you know, you love George Washington, right? You're a George Washington fan? I, I do enjoy the uh, the powdered wigs of the day. You know, George Washington is regular, uh, largely considered one of the, uh, one of the, well, one of the greatest leaders of all time, mm. right? Really laudable. Everyone loves George Washington. Did you know? There are a that, lot of myths surrounding him. Well, did you know that George Washington led an armed, uh, uh, led the army, not personally, but ordered the army to forcibly put down a group of protesters? Mm-hmm. It's called the Whiskey Rebellion. Yeah. Look it up one day. It's because they didn't want to pay taxes on their whiskey. That's right. So he uh, ordered the Continental Army to... Well, they weren't the Continental Army at the time. They, now they're the American Army to uh, put them down. You know, another interesting uh, quick fact about George Washington, speaking of whiskey, uh, early on in his per- political days, uh, long before you know he was wanted to be the president of the United States when he was a, a young man, mm-hmm. and he was very uh, green and new to the political scene, and one of his very first elections, he actually lost the election yes. um, due to the fact that his uh, opponent 
was basically bribing people with whiskey. <laughs> and he was getting uh, he was getting them drunk beforehand, and they all voted for him because he was promising them free whiskey. So <laughs> Who wouldn't vote for so that So George guy? Washington learned from that, and in his next election, he did the same thing. Uh-huh. He plied their votes with whiskey and beer. Was that when he uh, made, it, made it to the House of Burgesses in, mm. in Virginia? That's right. You know, this is a perfect segue. And this was completely unintentional. But this is a perfect segue into our topic for today. That's right. You want to know why? Why? Because one of the reasons that George Washington uh, became so influential so early, because he was a very young man when he was elected to the uh, House of Burgesses, not a lot of years under his belt. But one of the things, one of the aspects of George Washington's life was that he was a member of a very secretive group Mm. that uh, a fraternal organization, if you will, that was very popular uh, uh, for the up and coming and the elite of the continental now uh, when continental you, days. When you say fraternal, you mean like uh, tau kappa epsilon, like well, a well, like yes, a college like, frat well, fraternity, meaning men. Oh, like a, a group, a of, group men. of boys. If something is a fraternity, that means a brotherhood. Brotherhood. George Washington was a Freemason, which a lot of people know that, and and it's not a secret. I mean, he he posed for for uh, portraits in his masonic regalia Mm. but one of the reasons he was so influential and so uh popular was because he was a freemason made a lot of connections in that in his lodge if you will right so today we are going to be talking about secret societies not necessarily the freemasons though everybody talks about the freemasons every time i talk about secret societies we're going to stay away from them we'll probably mention them a few times just because they do come up quite a bit in 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 the history of secret societies we're going to talk about some of the ones that you may know some of the ones that you've probably never heard of some of the myths surrounding them. It's going to be a pretty interesting show. You know what the ironic thing about all this is? What's that? Is that uh, this is the 33rd episode of the Eon Project. <laughs> yeah, it's completely coincidental. And if you know anything about uh, the Masons, that's it's, right. a, it's a very important number to well, them. Well, not just the Masons. The number 33 is a magical number. Right. And actually, we're recording this on a Friday the 13th. Oh, my God. <laughs> the world must be ending. Oh, boy. But before we get into the topic of secret societies, I want to talk about beverages for a moment. Okay. So as is the tradition, as as is my way on the way to the palatial Eon Project Studios, I stopped at the local Dunkin' Donuts mm. to purchase a delicious hot beverage uh, to quench my thirst during the program. I see the very tall styrofoam uh, container over there. Here it is. One of the new, well, the people who work at Dunkin' Donuts, the fine folks at the, the Dunkin' Donuts corporate headquarters, must be working overtime because they're always coming up with new and exciting products uh, wares for people to purchase. Mm. One of the things I noticed today looked disgusting, and I'm going to tell you about it right now. Okay. They have something called fruited iced teas. Fruited? Oh, that sounds delicious. Like Fruit. mango. Well, yes, it's, it does sound like it may be, uh, you know, at least thirst quenching. However, when you look more deeply into the situation, what you find is is that not only is it a fruit taste to mm. the to the iced tea, mm. there are chunks yes. of fruit matter yes. floating about inside of the fruit beverage. B- fruit bits. That's disgusting. So when you, you suck through the straw, you can suck bits of fruit through the straw. I do not like food matter it inside of my beverage. It's a dimensional experience. This is, <laughs> this is the most disgusting thing ever. Imagine that you have, you're very thirsty. You decide that you're going to partake of this fruited iced tea. Mm. You take a big, long sip of it, and you get fruit chunks. So you probably don't like uh, pulp in your uh, OJ, then, do you? You know, a little bit of pulp is fine. I'm not like one of these people that, you know, oh, no, no, pulp can't have any pulp. No, you got to have more pulp. Pulp is okay, but no, like big chunks of, that's just gross. No, you got to chew it, chew it, and swallow it down. It's gross. Why are you mixing food matters? Mm. You can't mix beverages and, and, and food. You can't do that. I thought when you first said fruited beverage, I thought you meant like somebody dressed very nicely and dancing around and singing show tunes. Flamboyantly? Yeah. No, not that. Oh. Anyway, so, so that's, we, that's it? You don't like chunks in your beverage then? I don't, All like, right. I don't like chunky beverages. Gotcha. Are we, am I going first today? What do you want to? Sure. Okay. Okay, so the first group that we're going to talk about is probably the most uh, misunderstood, if you will, and over-exaggerated, if you, if you won't, mm. 
group of all time, in my opinion, and that is the Illuminati. Ooh, it has such an uh, an evil and negative connotation. You've heard of the Illuminati? Who hasn't? Sure. Most people have no idea what, in actuality, Enigmatic, the Illuminati is. amorphous group. That's correct. Mm. It's become kind of a super group of secret societies. And it all started way back in the day, in the year of our Lord, 1776. What else happened in the year of our Lord, 1776? <sighs> Charles Nelson Riley was born. No. Oh. So, obviously, the United States, well, the, the America declared independence from Great Britain. Mm. But a lot of other things were happening in the world, too. And in Bavaria, you like Bavaria? I like Bavarian uh, cream pie. That's good. Is that like the white cream? Is that? Ba- yeah, it's white cream. What's white the cream what's with the, a little what's chocolate? What's the chocolate cream? The chocolate, there's a chocolate cream pie. Which That's has not like, Bavarian? No, no, no. It's a special kind of cream only created in Bavaria, in the mountains of Bavaria. Oh, is that so? So the Dunkin' Donuts has to go to Bavaria in the mountains. That's right. They import from from uh, a small village. There's some in Bavaria. guy up there That's creating right. the cream. Mm-hmm. And anyway, 1776 in Bavaria, a man by the name of Adam Weishaupt, Weishaupt, Ooh. created a secret society. Originally started as a way to share ideas and spread knowledge, especially knowledge that may have been considered heretical or forbidden. Ooh. At the time. Uh, it, it, it was a secret. It was a secret organization that was fostered to create a safe space for uh, critique, debate, free speech, especially when discussing religion and uh, the oppression of the state. So, at that time, and well, even to this day, it's, it comes in a different form. But you really can't openly, you can't really openly criticize the government or religion without incurring some sort of backlash. Sure. Back then, it could have been your your head. It could have been at the gallows. That's right. Today, you just kind of you know you you make it on some sort of list. We're probably on a list. Would you say we're probably on a list of some kind? Several. Probably a few lists. Somebody from Eugene, Oregon has got us on their list. Anyway, so it was created for a safe space for debate and free speech and all that good stuff. They just had about five members when they first started. But soon the the group rapidly expanded, especially when they started to recruit members of other secret societies, such as the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians. So what they started to do was, uh, you know, recruit people from those groups to propagate their ideas mm-hmm. and then cr- so then therefore they're infiltrating other groups right so it's kind of like a virus Ooh, or s- a spreading symbiotic spreading out without uh speaking of symbiotic oh. uh, the, the venom movie is coming out soon with uh tom hardy you know, I'm glad, my favorite man actor i'm glad you mentioned that i have a uh, a gigantic <laughs> uh hetero man crush on tom hardy As he's a good looking fact, dude matter of fact i think i'm i think i'm related to him in some way i don't know i just feel like such an a so certain, it's, it's an incestuous desire. a bond a uh, uh, connection to him and he's playing he's gonna be playing al capone in a new movie coming out as well oh uh interesting good for you yeah anyway so the group started recruiting those members of other secret societies but one of the things one of the interesting things that the early illuminati group started to do was establish a network of informants to compile uh dossiers of information on various religious leaders, politicians, and other important folk. Mm. Why do you think they'd need that? I wonder why. Mm. Why would you decide to to compile personal information about people? Well, it would be good if you found some dirt on somebody. You could hold it over their head Mm -hmm. and uh, influence them in different ways. Sure. That's exactly what they tried to do. Soon, the group had over 2,000 members throughout Europe. So they started off with five. They rapidly started expanding. Because this this all happened in a very short amount of time. I'll explain in a minute. Mm. So they had about 2,000 members throughout Europe. About 10 years after it started, some government folk got wind of some of the radical beliefs and some of the teachings that the group was involved in and some of the stuff that was going on behind closed doors. So they, they actually put in some informants, some undercovers, if you will. Okay. They infiltrated the group, uh, found out who was running everything, and they disbanded the, the Illuminati. I see. Which the Illuminati, it bears explanation, just means the, the illuminated ones or the enlightened, enlightened ones. Yes. So it just means they have light. Oh. So they broke up the... The Illuminati, and they banished Weishaupt, 
to a, a little town in the middle of Nowheresville in Bavaria. Okay. You can't come out of there. You're stuck in that town. But some people believe that the group never actually disbanded, but continued to gain strength through other secret societies that had already inf- infiltrated. So if you didn't get all of the members, and they didn't kill them at this time, they just kind of broke up the groups. And right. you, you can't have this group anymore. It's no longer allowed. So they just started infiltrating other groups. And the you can you can disband a group, but you, can you disband their beliefs? Absolutely no. Probably not. They're gonna they're gonna re- reconstitute in some way, some form or fashion. Sure. So in a sense, the the group, the Illuminati became a group within a group. And so when you're set up like that, no one can really tell if you're still operating as a group or not. Right. So you got you got these people that are already hidden within other groups that are already hidden. So you have double secret mm. double secret societies happening. So it's widely debated as to what the actual practices of the group of the Illuminati group were, because hence the name Secret Society. There was some aspects of the group, you know, that you just won't know unless you were a member of it, and that continues to this day with some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. But some of the aspects of the group uh, practices have leaked out. Now you're going to have to listen to this because you're going to hear this stuff again later. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on the test on the midterm. Oh, I'm not good at tests. You always get nervous when the teacher used to say, this will be on your midterm. I get I get even more nervous when they actually put the test down in front of me and I start sweating profusely. Mr. And, uh, Jason, this right. will be on the midterm. Take your hand out of your pants. <laughs> so anyway, here's some of the beliefs in, uh, of the early Illuminati group. Number one, they believed in secularism and science rather than religion. Mm. A symbol that the group used was the owl. Oh, that's going to come back around later on. You're going to see this again later. That's right. And they actively worked to overthrow monarchies and the church. So that was their goal, was to uh, fulminate dissent. Because at the time, in the 1700s, the church was very, very powerful. Mm. Much more so than it is today. You know, now, when the Pope says something, the Catholic Church, the Pope says something, everybody kind of goes, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But back then, you know, what the Pope said went. Yeah, they influenced governments around the world and things of that sort. Absolutely. So what helped spread the the over-exaggeration or even some of the myths about the Illuminati was around the turn of the century in in the 1800s, secret societies started to become banned all over the world by leaders who were concerned about some of the things that were taking place behind closed doors. So when things are banned, what is the natural result? All of a sudden, it becomes more popular (laughs) to some people, especially those who have counter... Counterculture ideas or counter government. Right. It's, it's just it's just a natural phenomenon within humans. You know, you're told sure. not to do something, and people want to do it. Sure. So all of a sudden, you know, the group is ba- the groups are banned. All of a sudden, the uh, the Illuminati are starting to be blamed for stuff that they probably had nothing to do with because they had been disbanded already. Right. But they started to become the fall guy for things, especially where it all started was the French Revolution. So some people think that the Illuminati f- fulminated the uh, the French Revolution. Which would be pretty interesting if, if was if the French Revolution was obviously a, a a seminal event in world history, mm. and if they were behind it, that would be very interesting. So, uh, segue side note: You're a fan of Les Misérables, are you not? There, out in the darkness, a fugitive running. Yes. Oh, that was delightful. Yes. Now that's the uh, stars. That's stars. Yes. By Javert, right? Javert is the guy that's that right. Sings that. Which you did. That's, that's pretty good. Thanks. Anyway, so the, mov- the movie Les Miserables. My wife and I, it, it was a play, obviously, for many, many years. So my wife wanted to see, had seen the play. She went to see the movie. The movie came out a few years ago. So I said, all right, we're going to see it. I didn't know that the entire movie is sung. Yeah, it's a singing. The entire film. movie. It's a, it's a musical. Is, no, but mu- musicals are typically, you know, action happens, normal stuff. They sing a song. You go back to action. Yeah. No. 
this whole thing is like, I'm going to get up, I'm going over here, I'm going to get breakfast now. And you're like, what the hell is you know, going on uh, here? It was with uh, Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman. That's correct. And they sang their own parts in that. Did you know that? I, well, you can tell because Russell Crowe isn't a very good singer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he tried, man. That's not easy. Um, I, I'm not saying I could do better. Anyway, so the, I thought I'd mention Les Miserables. Okay. If you hadn't seen it. means Les Miserables. If you haven't seen it, get ready for some singing. <laughs> anyway, unwittingly. Again, we're going to mention his name. George Washington fueled the fires of belief about the Illuminati ah. by mentioning them in official documentation, which a lot of people don't know that. In a letter to Congress, and I, have, I don't have the year in front of me, he mentioned that the beliefs of the Illuminati had no doubt spread to his new nation, at, that they were essentially against central governments such as his, but that they were not linked to true Freemasonry, which we're going to discuss the link between the Illuminati and Freemasons in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But why would George Washington, in official documentation, lend credence to the Illuminati at all, especially after they had been disbanded. Well, he must he must have felt that they were trying to have some sort of influence. Sure. Yeah. So it was a real thing. Right, exactly. Not, not made up. Now, it's true that powerful people are part of secret, you know, secret and not-so-secret clubs. We're going to talk about some of them in a little bit. Uh, and I don't want to steal your thunder because I think every one of the ones that I have on my list you're going to mention. Ah. Uh-huh. But some of them have at least some cursory ties to the Illuminati, and we're gonna—I don't want to steal your thunder again—but the owl will come back again yes. in this program. And uh, what, what's not consistent is that uh, people. Here's here's an interesting side note. People think of the Illuminati as a group that's that is in charge of everything, right? And they're they're working behind the scenes to control the world, right? But if you listen to what I've already said, the Illuminati's main goal was a distrust of governments and authority, and free thinking for individuals. That's so right. why would those two goals are not compatible? Mm. So why would the Illuminati be involved in that sort of activity? I don't know, but you're going to see you're going to see later on too with some of the groups that I talk about there's some definitely some common threads there and one of them that is not which is with the Illuminati a little bit different is that they are anti-government as as you were right. saying. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to move on and I know you have stuff to talk about. Sure. But in the modern days, this so we're going to there's a big gap. We're not going to talk about the entire history of the Illuminati, but I'm going to move to the modern day where supposedly the Illuminati uh, has agents who control music, movies, banks, governments and other powerful institutions and with their influence they they uh, they attempt to get their agenda pushed which is a that's hard to say. totalitarian totalitarian world government. Or other sinister outcome that we're just not sure about. Sure. Theorists have pointed to other secret societies like Skull and Bones and Bilderbergs to claim that they are front organizations for the Illuminati. But throughout the centuries, they've gone in and out of popularity for being, as far as being blamed for stuff, but they never really went away. But today, especially in the music industry, oh, you have a about lot music of, again. You have yes, well, you know, we're, we have a lot of fans that are we have fans that are in the music industry. That's right. Themselves. I wonder if they're members of the Illuminati. They could be, musically speaking. Anyway, they get blamed for stuff. So here's some supposed Illuminati plots from today. Here are some good ones. So, Jay-Z. You're familiar with Jay-Z? That's the, um, uh, he sings that song, um, Cats in the Cradle? No, that, uh, that was uh, Paul Anka. No. Paul Anka? Who did? Harry Chapin? Harry Chapin Carpenter. Oh, wow. Is it Harry Chapin Carpenter or Harry Chapin? It's Harry Chapin. It was Mary Chapin Carpenter. That's and right. She's different. She married him. That's right. Anyway, Jay-Z, he's a rapper. Okay. Not like the kind that, you know, you put on your food. Oh, like but a the kind that candy you... bar wrapper of some kind? Jay-Z is a prominent member of the Illuminati, and he routinely displays public signs of his involvement. You Doesn't he do what's... that? Does he, like, throw symbols around Well, let's, go, let's talk about some all of right. that. He covers one eye all the time. Oh. 
Which... Like the all-seeing eye kind of thing? Okay, and I think I'm going to dispel this myth right now, because you're not going to talk about the Freemasons later. No. So, the Illuminati all-seeing eye, everyone, they they use the two incompatibly. However, the all-seeing eye is not an Illuminati symbol, it is a Masonic symbol. Right. And it, it, it stands for the great architect of the universe, or God, mm. whichever one you want. But when people say, oh, look, he's covering one eye, that's Illuminati. No, that's a Masonic symbol. Mm. Just get that through your head, because that will eliminate most of the... Well, a lot of the Illuminati plots that you, th- you think you st- you'll hear about. Okay. He also makes pyramid symbols with his hands. Oh. What's a pyramid? Like a triangle, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, the pyramid, or the unfinished pyramid, is also a Masonic sign and is not an Illuminati sign. Right. So the all-seeing eye and the pyramid, those are those are Masonic signs. If you're familiar with the dollar bill, yes. it has the unfinished uh, pyramid with the eye on, t- on top of it. That's correct. It also has a minuscule owl on it. That's right, which I'm going to talk about okay, good. a little bit later. Okay, so, Jay-Z, those two things have been dispelled. However, it is rumored that Jay-Z uh, is, is a member of the Illuminati and whatever, and he's, he's, he's a high-ranking member. I can tell you on good authority, uh, from, from personal connections that I have, is that Jay-Z is a Freemason. Mm. But that doesn't mean anything, because there's a lot of people that are Freemasons that you would have never known. Um, and most Freemasons are just, uh, you know, normal folk that are part of a... It's a lot of people use it as a, a connection group, a, a, sure. way to, a way to make social connections and and a way to uh, to to hang out in uh, lodges and, and, and get escape from your wife for a few hours. Get dressed up in strange uh, costumes yeah. and uh, chant, yeah, and pour beer on each other and well, things like what, that. I don't know what they do, but that's not it. Oh, anyway, so that's Jay Z. So that that's one of them. Michael Jackson was killed by the Illuminati. Did you know that? <laughs> That was pretty good. No, I didn't. Yep. But I heard I heard that there's a conspiracy around his uh, his yes. death. So Michael Jackson was on the top of the world for years, the top of the musical world anyway, mm. and uh, supposedly was recruited to join the Illuminati to press subliminal messages into his music and his movies, and he did. For many years, he was part of the Illuminati. However, he became remorseful and refused to do it anymore oh. after a while, and he was going to expose the Illumina- Illuminati plot to the world when he was finally executed to silence him. I'm going to say uh, that's probably pretty far-fetched. Evidence of this is supposedly that Michael Jackson told members of his family that people were out to get him and were going to kill him in the weeks before his death. But you know what? A lot of famous people are paranoid. Well, could it be all the drugs that he was on? Could have been all the drugs that he was on. Who knows? Mm. Actually, he was killed by his his surgeon, accidentally gave him an overdose of propofol, which is a very, uh, very, very powerful sedative that is used during surgical procedures, mm. and he used to use it every night yeah. to go to sleep. Yeah, he was a wreck. So, yeah, I mean, he, he had a lot of things going on. I'm more, I'm more of a fan of the uh, old school Michael with the afro and the uh, yeah, you know, sure, smooth moves. He had some problems. Yeah, he did. He was, a good, he was a very entertaining man. He, he you know, uh, people don't. I mean, people do uh, appreciate him musically. Right. I don't know if they understand that. Uh, you know, he 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 was a uh, you know an instrumental multi instrumentalist. He wrote his own songs. Uh, mm. He was very talented in he that way play, as well. He could play instruments. And he could dance like the Dickens. Here's another one. Tupac. You're familiar with Tupac Shakur? Well, he was killed, sir. Tupac was killed by the Illuminati. Supposedly, he joined the group uh, when he became famous and later regretted it and began to drop hints into his into his music that he was going to expose the group. Oh. In an interview about the forthcoming release of his, uh, the latest album supposedly that he made before he died was called The Don Illuminati. Ooh. Not... Illuminati, Killuminati. Ah, I gotcha. He, he dropped hints about exposing the organization. He said in an interview that he put a K on the Illuminati, uh, quote, because that's what I'm doing. I'm killing that S. I can't swear. Okay. He said, if these MF wanted to kill you, 
Why wouldn't? Why would they tell the nation of Islam? Why would they tell people in jail? How would they know? We just need to get the money. I don't care whose face is on there. I don't know what that means, but people point to that as saying that that means he was part of the Illuminati. You know, there's also a conspiracy that he was never actually killed because he's continuing. Yeah. He continues to release music 20 years later. <laughs> well, they had a hologram of him dancing on stage oh, yeah, or something. Weird. And then the last one I'm going to talk about as far as popular music today, and I'm only going to touch on it briefly because th- literally you could fill a whole show with this. Lady Gaga. Ooh. You familiar with Lady Gaga? Uh, sure. She's in the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And she routinely drops symbols in her music and lyrics and stuff like that. And I was going to include more about Lady Gaga, but let me tell you this. When you start researching, just do yourself a favor. Look up Lady Gaga Illuminati in Google. So much stuff will come up, it'll blow your mind, and most of it is complete nonsense. Mm. However, she's involved in, obviously, the Illuminati, secret society, Satanism, murders, you name it. You know, the thing is, though, she is so much more um, spiritually and mentally more advanced than the average person. Okay. I'm not sure if you realize that. I didn't know she's that. She's on such another level. Is that right? It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, you can't even fathom where she's at in the universe. We could do an entire show on Lady Gaga and her ties with... The, there is an actual, and maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk about this in a future show. There's, there's a, uh, a conspiracy theory that she killed someone. Did you hear this story? No. Supposedly she was an. Un, um, just to, just to briefly mention it, she was an unknown uh, piano player, backup piano musician for a band, for a, uh, a woman who she became friends with. Um, with the last uh, Lena Morgana was her name, mm-hmm. I believe, and she was an up and coming star, and. W- exhibited some of the qualities that you you think of Lady Gaga. So she dressed uh, provocatively and weirdly. Mm-hmm. Her lyrics were kind of this, kind of like Lady Gaga-ish. Mm. She was killed by, well, she she flew off a building oh. and died. So the conspiracy theory is, is that Lady Gaga killed her and took her fame away uh, in t- some sort of blood ritual I see. to get famous. Yep. Because one of the supposed initiations into the Illuminati is that you have to kill somebody that you love to get in. Mm-hmm supposedly and that's what she did so she killed her and then took over her shtick so to speak exactly and became famous and became it. famous basically overnight i see and this happened in the late 2000s okay so we can talk about that at another another day but to wrap up the illuminati if you will do you know what a paradoilia is yes it's something uh you put it on your um dining room table that's what i uh, thought for decoration uh it's like a decorative lace paradoilia thing the, the pareidolia is a it's a scientific term for seeing patterns in random data. Oh, so basically, if you see you know a bunch of random numbers, if you see a pattern in it, it doesn't necessarily mean there is a pattern. Like it could be a scientific effect okay. of the human brain. So that's I think a, a lies at the heart of a lot of these Illuminati stories. People can't stand that things happen randomly, and they're always searching for patterns and reasons and order and things. What better way to explain chaos? is to say that there is no chaos, that there's a secret and powerful group behind everything. Mm. Wouldn't that be easier to say? I guess. I think it, just, it gives people, you know, it gives people something to talk about. It gives people some... Uh, it gives you somebody to blame. Ammunition to and, make YouTube videos, things sure. like that. And, if you know, I would... Huh, watching YouTube videos about conspiracies is mind-numbing. Oh, my because God. Because some of these people are so whacked. Whacked and <laughs> dumb. And you're like, can you... Do these people actually believe some of this stuff? And they have a lot of time in their hands, too. That's ah, unbelievable. Anyway... All right, so uh, here we are once again at the halfway point of the show. And, you know, we always like to try to do something different, bring something new to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, we do various different things. So today we're going to try something different. And Mike and I went ahead and um, we researched. And Well, actually, I, I take that back. We put out some feelers. We, we did. We put out some feelers for some people that needed some sort of um, sage advice 
Well, you know, we're known for a lot of things, and one of them is 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 giving great advice. That's right. Give great advice to people. That's right. So this is this is basically uh, the Eon Project's version of Dear Abby, if you will. <laughs> and um, well, we, we have a lot of younger viewers who don't know what Dear Abby is. Yeah, Dear Abby was a uh, was a columnist, uh, a famous uh, columnist. Actually, that wasn't even her real name. I forget what her real what name was. Her was. real name. I forget, but her 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 Dear Abby name was Abigail Van Buren, I think, or something like that. Oh. But anyway, the Van so, Buren boys. So she was a newspaper columnist, and people would write into her if they had everyday problems and Landers had issues with uh, you know relationships and things like that, and mm-hmm. she would give them advice. Yes, probably not qualified to do so, but she would anyway. Was she a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Yeah, I think she was a short order cook. I think people are going to think we are psychiatrists after today. It's quite possible after we give out some great advice. So we we uh, we we went ahead and we got four. Uh, four different people contacted us, and yep. they had some questions for us, and they wanted us to offer some advice. So you want to go first? Yeah. Ask. Ask the. I have yeah. two questions. Mike has two. I'll ask you one that I got for you. Okay. See what what we did was we I got questions for Jay, and Jay got questions for me. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do it that way. All right. Are you right. ready for this? Go ahead. I'm so s- these we, we do not have not read these ahead of time. So these are gonna be cold reads, mm. cold advice, if you will. And it's kind of cold in here. So yeah, it's a little ap- chilly. Apropos. Dear Jay, mm. you like how that starts? Okay. I am having some difficulties lately, and I feel that no one else but you may be able to help. I recently began dating a nice young lady, and things have been going great. Until last week, when all of a sudden she began acting strangely. She suddenly was not interested in me physically. I thought something might be wrong with our relationship, and that he may even be cheating on me. I went through his phone when he was in the shower, and found that he had been visiting some adult websites. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought, no big deal, because, you know, a lot of people do that sort of thing, I think. But I found that she'd been visiting some, well, specialty adult erotica sites. I can't repeat the names of the sites, but I will add the keywords clowns, ketchup, stuffed animals, construction workers, and the Dothraki horde. I know you have some experience in this area, so I ask you, how, if I, how can I and if I can get past this? Signed, Cuckolded by Clowns. Okay, cuckolded by clowns. Let me just back up a second. So I'm, I'm a little confused. You uh, referred to your significant other as a as a as a he or a she. Which is it? It's a she. It's a she. Yeah. So this is a male party. A male person found is, his found girlfriend. his female significant other. Yeah. Looking up bizarre yep. uh, types of uh, adult material mm-hmm. on the web. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have to say. Uh, well, first of all, you you, you probably should. Uh, you probably should confront the individual. Um, well, what I would do is I would stake out the individual first. I would find out. I would find out what times of the day that this uh, strange erotic behavior is taking place, and uh, I would set up a sting. And I would maybe perhaps uh, a video camera or two around the residence if this is where it's uh, taking place, just so you can get a good uh, uh, firsthand knowledge and experience of what's what's happening. So you have a little bit more uh, ammunition when you do finally confront your uh, significant other. Maybe it's something you're into. Maybe. Maybe maybe uh, you yourself have some fetishes that you could share with each other. And perhaps... So you would think this is a good thing. Oh, because, why not? Because it, it means that, you know, maybe she's uh, liberated. Absolutely. Could, uh, well, certainly. I mean, how many women do you know would, would uh, partake in some of this sort of thing? I don't know. But, you know, some of, the, some of those things are disturbing. You know, ketchup, uh, stuffed animals. Well, maybe she's into... Maybe she's into... Uh, she enjoys hamburgers... Mm-hmm. While uh, rolling around with stuffed animals, clowns, and uh, wearing a clown nose, Dothraki, which horde. could be something you may be into. You never know. You know, unless you go out and try it for yourself, mm. have an open mind, uh, try new and different things. It'll add a little spice to your life, mm. and uh, yeah, so you might be able to enjoy it. 
Oh, good advice for uh, cuckolded by clowns. Thank good you. Job. You know, I actually, uh, I don't have, I have a similar. Oh. Uh, it's, it's a relationship question. Oh, I like relationship questions. Is this for me? This is, this is for Mike. Dear Mikhail. My girlfriend and I have been dating for about a year. Uh, things are great up until recently. I felt she was very perfect. Oh, she kind of worded that that very wrong. Very perfect. Uh, so things, uh, okay, so things were great up until recently. Got it. Once we moved in together, about a week ago, part of her bedtime routine is to hold me down in bed and pull the sheets over my head. Once she does this, she proceeds to pass gas and not let me up for air. How do I tell her I'm not comfortable with this without ruining our relationship? Sincerely, Dutch Oven Lovin'. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. Mm. So she obviously is into... Uh, well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things at play here. So if the rest of their relationship is normal, mm-hmm. and this is just one aspect of it, I'd, I'd want to know, is, is she, you know, uh, excited by, mm. by, uh, uh, by, by limiting your air supply? Um, which, if that's the case, that's mm. that's a, that's a bit, you know, tr- troubling. Yeah, you don't really want that. Uh, and there's a chance that you could die right. during, during breath play, especially when it comes to Dutch ovens, because sometimes if you Dutch oven on the wrong day, right, you could really injure someone if not kill them. That's right. I, I guess what I find weird about the whole thing is she never brought it up. She no. didn't mention it. Pre- well, previous. you know, it's not something you should bring up on dates. You know, I really, really, really want to uh, Dutch oven you. Mm. I wonder if that she must be an imposing woman. Yeah, she's, she's able, able to physically restrain she's him. She's able to hold him down and hold the sheets over his and head and hold the sheets, and then you know, well, you know, and the, just thinking, just thinking logically here, that the, the uh, you know, like the bottom of the sheet mm. and the bottom of the bed, it must be tucked in very tightly in order to maintain the seal. Yeah, you, she might have one of those uh, in the military. We call them fart sacks. Fart sacks. Yes, that might be what she has on there. Is that why they call them a fart sack? Yeah, it holds in your uh, your gaseous odor. I, my advice to this person would be: if you don't enjoy it, which it doesn't sound like he is, uh, I would ask her to stop, um, and and maybe she will, and maybe maybe she can, you know, maybe they can move on to some safer things like. Uh, uh, you know, gas mask play or something along you, those You know lines. what he should do is, without telling her, uh, install a couple of those uh, self-dispensing air fresheners underneath <laughs> the sheets. Uh, That's a good idea. Be, she might be unaware and uh, m- might not have an effect on you as much. No. Okay. All right. What's Move, the next one? Moving on. I have a short one. Okay. It has nothing to do with any of these things. Okay. Dear Jay, I'm hoping that you can clean this, clear this matter up once and for all. Mm. What... Was the superior Star Trek series? Was it the original, Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Nine? What gives? Sign, never been kissed. <laughs> hmm. Star Trek. Is that the one with uh, Darth Vader? No. Oh. Star Wars. Oh. Um. So clearly you are not. No. You are not uh, qualified to answer this question. I can't. I can't. Uh, I have to defer. Uh, mm. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> never been kissed i don't have an intelligent i wonder why this person thought you were an expert in star i don't know that's very bizarre okay anyway can i give my answer yeah sure i think uh the the logical answer would be the next generation by far superior had it had uh patrick stewart who was a great actor oh jonathan frakes who had one of the epic beards in in history yeah yeah good show it was good i had a crush on deanna troy the uh the sultry ethnic a counselor girl. <laughs> anyway, in your uh, early pu- puberty yeah. days, and they had you know they had those tight outfits on mm. all the time. Mm. Anyway, that sounds good. Michael, we'll have to watch it. Yeah. All right, here's another short one. Help, Mike. Not help, Mike, but help, help Mike. Help, comma, Mike. No, I can't stop eating chalk. <laughs> I know it's not right, but I have to have it. Sign Cal C Yum. Hmm. 
Well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna say something that you you wouldn't think would come out of mm. me. Go ahead, keep eating the chalk. Live, live your life, man. Why not? Right? You only live once. Yolo. Oh, is it a little calcium bicarbonate? Maybe it just keeps the uh, fine the, the stomach acid don't down. Fe- don't you know? Don't bow to social conventions. Keep nah. eating the chalk. Enjoy your life. That's enjoy, all. Enjoy the chalk, Cal. Yep. All right. I hope that helps some people. <laughs> if you have a question for Mike and Jay, you want us to answer on the air. Why don't you contact us at the Eon Project at yahoo.com? That's T H E E O N Project at yahoo.com. And you can also get a hold of us on Twitter. We are on there very frequently, mm. well, not as frequently as we would like. That's all. Okay. Getting back into societies with secrets, Ooh. secret societies. Okay. So mine has a. All the ones that I'm going to cover are all kind of tied together, believe it or not. They all have similar themes, mm-hmm. um, they all have similar uh, goals, if you will. Um, but they all started. Uh, basically with one foundation and then they uh, there's other ones that branched out um, and, and they all kind of had the same the same idea going forward so the first one I'm going to talk about is something called the Council on Foreign Relations sounds like a department of the uh, state state department it does doesn't it sound like it sounds like a government entity mm-hmm. that uh, it doesn't sound too ominous it sounds like nope. you want to have good good relations with your neighbors sounds like you'd, you'd, you'd want to work there maybe maybe they have good cushy job benefits that's right stuff like that that's right so the CFR, for those of us in the know, oh. it was founded in 1921, and it's a United States nonprofit think tank specializing in U.S. foreign policy and international affairs. When they say think tank, I always think that it's like a giant fish tank with a bunch of scientists in it, like swimming around. That's right. Thinking of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's headquartered in New York City with an additional office in Washington, D.C. Its membership, which numbers 4,900. That's a lot. Has included senior politicians, more than a dozen secretaries of state, CIA directors, bankers, lawyers, professors, and senior media figures. So, as you can see, powerful uh, people across the world. And one of the one things that that this theme has in common, they're all rich, influential people. Right. And they all want to get together and influence you and I, the average, everyday Joe. You know what? Yeah, that's weird. You know, one thing I want to cover, and I don't want to get too uh, off the rails here, but... Um, one common theme, and you know, uh, uh, obviously racial tensions are high in the world as they always are over the course of time. But it seems to be more uh, recently, especially across uh, the United States. But the one thing that really separates the elites from the not elites, it's usually it's all money based, right? Who has the most money? It's who controls the money? It's always been that way. Um, because there are poor people of every ethnicity, and sure. those are the ones that are downtrodden uh, by the the rich and famous. This is not news. No, it's been that way forever. So the CFR meetings, uh, uh, they basically convene government officials, global business leaders, and prominent members of the intelligence and foreign policy community to discuss international issues. And a name you're going to hear, David Rockefeller. Oh. Ah, yes. It's, the Rockefellers. So the, the Rockefellers have become synonymous with these evil entities yes. and these uh, you know secret societies, if you will. Are as, they related to John D. Rockefeller? That's right. They all... They all uh, uh, are descendants of the original Rockefeller. Well, he was the reason that they they are is probably because he was one of the richest men in the world. That's right. That's right. Yes. 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 So the Council on Foreign Relations, they, as I said, they started in 1921, and from there, these smarter than you and I, richer than you and I people get together. There's a lot of those, and they come up. They have these secret meetings, and they try to come up with different ways to rule the world, if you will. <laughs> And the biggest theme amongst them all is the one world government. You hear that a lot. One world government. Yep. Amongst the secret societies. But my question to you is, uh, if they were trying to achieve a one world government, and they've been doing this for 100 years, mm-hmm. or over 100 years, how come it hasn't happened yet? I can think of one reason. Why? Uh, people. So, if you're trying to instill a world, one world government, you're going to need 
a lot of people to back that up mm. and keep people in line. And I don't think that there is a there, I don't think that there's an army in the world that could do that. That that could keep the populace down mm-hmm. because even in the United States, which is widely considered the most, uh, well, obviously the most technologically advanced, but also the best military in the world, has a substantial percentage of members who would not follow orders that told them to do stuff like that. Sure, that's probably why. I see. Gotcha. All right, so we're going to jump from that into a company or a group called the Rand Corporation. Ooh. And Rand uh, actually. I think I bought a pool from them once. Did you? Yeah. Or was that Nam 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 Ram Nam Ram Ram Jam Ram Jam. Uh, Rand stands for Research and Development. Like Betty. And once again, uh, you know, it sounds you know innocuous for the most part, right? Sure. A scientific group. Basically, it's an American nonprofit global policy think tank again. What if there's these think tanks? Here we go. You gotta let the water out of these tanks. Created in 1948 by Douglas Aircraft Company to offer research and analysis to the United States Armed Forces. Ah. It is financed by the U.S. government and private endowment corporations, universities, and private individuals. Mm-hmm. So, but as it started off as an organization centered around building new weapons for the military, but ultimately it expanded into politics, science, history, economics, closely ally, uh, allied with uh, you know Ford, Henry Ford, the Ford Company, mm-hmm. Rockefeller. Cargan, Carnegie, you know Andrew Carnegie, remember Carnegie. him? Carnegie or Carnegie, how do you say it? Carnegie is how he said it. So Rand, Rand had a decision in the 50s to remodel the globe towards a new world order and changed everything from the development of the rational choice theory, which turned people from being citizens into consumers as rights and responsibilities were replaced with choices and people's lives slowly came to be dominated, not by integrity or what they stood for, but by what they spent their money on. Ah, as which you, is true. That has happened. That's right. People are very in tune with what they have and what they can get as being the governing forces of their lives. That's true. So that's another that's another term that that uh, comes up frequently and is a, a thread in all of these things. It's called the new world order, and yeah. conspiracy theorists love that term. Um, <laughs> well, at, and there's a few reasons for it, but go ahead. Sure. Um, as a as the term that they use to uh, basically control everyone and to uh, you know put put forth their worldwide uh, domination as the new world order. Yes. And one of the one of the prevailing myths is that the on the dollar bill, if you look, if it says or, uh, "Novos Ordo Seclorum" on yes. the dollar bill, and that's that's wrongly translated into "New World Order." That's correct. It actually does not mean it that means at all. New Order of the Ages. That's correct. Which could be a lot of things. It could be interpreted in many, many different ways. Well, there's a lot of Latin terms used in the early early United States time, right? On you know seals and bills and all sorts of stuff, and it, as you said, it's wrongly interpreted many times. That's right. Like e pluribus unum, of many one. That's right. Some people think that it means something else. Mm. Anyway, continue. Yes. So, Rand's ultimate goal was to have technocrats running every aspect of society in pursuit of a one-world government that would be administered administered under the rule of reason, a ruthless world where efficiency was king, and men were little more than machines. So you're a machine. You're you're a cog in the machine. All you do is you go out there every day. You slave at work. That's about right. And uh, you slave to make money, not for yourself, but for these these uh, these people running these corporations. Well, when you think about it, how is that not true? It because is true. everything you do, you earn money for what? You earn money for mortgages and cars and loans and credit cards and you name it. You're not earning money for yourself. You're earning money to to, to pay those things. That's right. And if you're, if you're lucky, at the end of the month, you have a little bit of money to put somewhere. If you're lucky. Yes. Or spend it on beard ladies to forget your problems that's right (laughs) 
Let's jump into something else. This one sounds even more ominous, Ooh, though. Okay. It's called the Trilateral Commission. Ooh, that sounds like a that sounds like a comic book villain. Oh man, the Trilateral Commission is coming to get me. Oh no, the Punisher. Dr. Smorgasbord has taken over the Trilateral Dr. Commission. The Trilateral Commission is a non-governmental, non-partisan discussion group founded by none other than David Rockefeller. What's up with the Rockefellers every time? I'm telling you, they get you, they get that little rich mitts and everything. In July 1970, it was formed in July of 1973, and it was basically to foster closer cooperation among North America, Western Europe, and Japan, hence the term trilateral. Ah. When looking at the facts on the Trilateral Commission, however, it's important to understand that it was set up as a front for the exact same goals as the Council on Foreign Relations. So it was a front organization to cover up what the CFR was doing. Okay. You got it? Got it. The world's elites utilized secretive organizations such as, you ready for this? Yep. The Committee of 300. CFR, the Bilderberg Society, Bilderberg. and the Trilateral Commission is basically to further its ultimate goal of global domination. There's a lot of groups with goals of global domination. That's Remember right. Cobra from G.I. Joe? That's right. That was their goal, uh, global domination. One of the things I didn't understand about Cobra, maybe mm. you can help me. Mm. Cobra Commander was the head, right? That's right. First of all, he was an idiot, and he did all sorts of things wrong, and he was always making mistakes. Yeah, he, he did. But most importantly, he didn't have a face. Like he had this metal you never saw shield face. over his face. So how did he talk through the metal shield? He, and he had this voice and he sounded like this G.I. Joe. Wow, that sounded just like him. Thought he was in the room. That's right. Cobra Commander was kind of scary, actually. You know, if you look in the up, later ones, he had a hood. He did have a hood, which was scary. Who's your, like who's your favorite Joe? My favorite G.I. Joe. Uh, well, let me guess. <laughs> Everybody loves Snake Eyes. No, I, you no? know what? Snake Eyes was pretty cool, but yeah. he wasn't my favorite. Okay, there was some unknown ones. You, you remember Beachhead? I do. He had a green ski mask on. Mm. I enjoyed him. And, uh, and there was another one. Gung Ho. Dusty. Oh, Dusty. Remember Dusty? He had like the desert camouflage. <laughs> mm. I like Dusty. Can't say I remember Dusty too well. You don't remember Dusty? Well, who was yours? Gung Ho. Oh, you like Gung Ho the Marine. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, Leatherneck was the other Marine. That's right. There was two Marines. Which was the one? I see. Now I'm confused. Which was the one that had the e- Eagle Globe and Anchor on his chest? That was Gung Ho. Oh, that's what I thought. He was he was bald. He wore like a vest. Yes. and He had an exposed chest that Le- had his Leatherneck tattoo. Leatherneck had the full camo on. And that's the, right. The hat, the cover, mm. I should say. Okay. You know, with the, the tr- corners on it. That's good. Anyway, like a tricorn hat. Like a tricorn hat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry we went off on a tangent about Cobra Commander. Who doesn't who doesn't like uh who doesn't like Cobra? I know you do. You know what we're eating next week? What are we eating? Cobra. Mm. So anyway, we're gonna jump we're gonna jump to uh a, a modern day uh uh well actually it, it it goes back many, many years, but there's many, many people today that are still involved with this group, and it's something called the Bohemian Grove. Oh yes. That's right. Sounds like a band from the sixties. It does. Oh, Bohemian Grove, man, they're opening up for Fleetwood Mac today. It's a Freedom Rock. It's man. actually a uh, it's a location. It's a two, 2,700 acre campground located uh, on Bohemian Avenue in Monterio, California. Is that upstate? That's uh, it's out there in uh, you know out in the uh, the left coast. Yes. It basically belongs to a private San Francisco based gentleman's club known as the Bohemian Club. The gentleman's club. Now I don't know what their definition of a gentleman's club. Not is. the same ones we are. Not the same places we go. So basically, in mid July each year, the Bohemian Grove hosts a uh, uh, more than a two week encampment uh, of some of the most prominent men in the world mm-hmm. so world leaders as we stated bankers uh ex-presidents uh you name it they all come out here to california they do a bunch of weird things yes out in the woods 
It's an all-male membership and guest list includes, as I was saying, uh, musicians, prominent business leaders, government officials, uh, senior media media executives, people of all kinds of people of power, mm-hmm. uh, and they 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 basically do all kinds of strange shenanigans in the week during during the week. Yes, they sing songs. Yep. they put on plays. Uh, yes, they burn things in effigy. Yes, um, very and, strange behavior. That's right. And and one of the one of the things that Mike talked about earlier was the um, the owl symbol. Yes, in the early Bohemian Grove, that was and they still use it today. They do is a symbol of an owl, which. I've mentioned before that I enjoy owls. I like owls too. They're I like cool owls. Looking. They're uh, I have a I have a, a kindred uh, spirit is 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 the owl to me. Why? Well, because um, you know I'm majestic. You are. I'm handsome. I'm wise beyond words. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm nocturnal. So <laughs> wow, all these things. All those things. Okay. But if you if you take and and uh, we're not going to do this today on the show, but um, examine your dollar bill. Yes. And this is not a conspiracy. I don't know how we would do it on the show since this is not a video. No, but we could we could talk about it. We could talk about all the secret hidden messages on the dollar bill. There's a lot. And on the money. Uh, and why wouldn't it be there? Because as we know, these influential people are the ones that are creating these symbols and things of that sort and putting them in different places. Mm-hmm. So as I said, the owl is the symbol of the Bohemian Grove and as, as it was the Illuminati. If you look on your dollar bill, and I believe it might be the top right-hand corner or somewhere on the, one of the corners of the dollar yeah. bill. I don't have it in front of me as of right now. But there is a very minute, minuscule owl that you could barely see with the naked eye. It doesn't yes. look like much, but... It is there. If you put it under, it a, is there. That's this is true. not a conspiracy. If you put it under a, 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 a magnifying glass of some kind, you can see it. You can see it, and it's sitting there. You know, the Bohemian Grove. I always found very interesting because it's not a it's not a secret. This is a real thing. It's a real place that you can uh, you can actually not visit, but people have tried. And I'm not sure if you can discuss that. But there's been a couple of well known forays into the Bohemian Grove to try to gain access to it and see what's going on in there. Right. Have you heard about these? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Alex Jones, I think, was one that tried to Alex, get in. Alex Jones, the uh, the famous uh, InfoWars prison planet guy, uh, made an attempt. And this is, <laughs> I'm not sure how real this is, but several years ago, he made a trip to the Bohemian Grove, tried to get in there in the middle of the night, mm. supposedly did make it in there, and was able to videotape right. part of the cremation of care ceremony, which takes place at the beginning of the, uh, of the encampment, where they burn a uh, effigy of a human baby mm. in front of a giant owl statue called Moloch. That's right. And the, the the symbolism is that it's supposed to be it's called a cremation of care. So like they're basically they're burning care for the the duration of the of the encampment and you know so they can do whatever they want and not care about anything. That's right. Supposedly he videotaped it. You can actually find it online. It's very grainy. Looks like a weirdo candle lit flame uh, thing going on, but here, here's the thing about it, right? So conspiracy theorists will say, "Well, look at oh, they're kicking out, they're kicking people out. They don't want them videotaping." Right. Well, obviously, they do that. They do that at Disney World. But yeah, think about <laughs> it, right? If you're in your backyard and you're having a rip roaring event you and you get a fire either. going, you don't want strange people wandering on your property taking pictures and video of you. No, do you? Especially I, I, if you're dancing around well, naked. Some, sometimes I do. So the club motto of the Bohemian Grove is "Weaving spiders come not here." Weaving spiders come not here. What do you think that means? Uh, to, well, to me, that that means that don't come. If you're going to be weaving webs of deceit and dishonesty and, and intrigue. Yeah, well, they basically say that it implies that outside concerns and business deals are to be left outside. So that's one of the rules of the Grove is that supposedly you're not allowed to speak of uh, you know business dealings in there. It's all for fun and uh, things of that sort. 
Have you ever seen the show House of Cards? I, you know, I actually really like the show House of Cards. Yeah, uh, until recently. They did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did have a uh, a simulated uh, version of the Bohemian Grove on there. I don't know if you remember that. They did. They Kevin Spacey's character was in there, and and there were he was trying to talk business, and they kept saying, "Don't you know? We can't discuss business here and all that." That's right. I but he did that. anyway. He did because anyway. he's Kevin Spacey and he's slimy. He's slimy, based on the Clintons. Anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, th- th- those things did happen there. Supposedly, one of the theories is that uh, some of the meetings about the uh, the atomic bomb with Oppenheimer and some of the other executives and the, the scientists that thought of that, some of that stuff took place there. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one, interesting, uh, one interesting thing that came out of that was from Richard Nixon, who apparently uh, uh, took part in one of these events or was there. And he's quoted as saying, the Bohemian Grove... Uh, which I attend from time to time, is the most faggy goddamn thing you could ever imagine. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was taken from one of these the how, uh, the recordings nice. that uh, that was made. Oh, like the White House tape? Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. You so, know, a few years ago, do you remember, do you remember the show uh, Decoded? Brad Meltzer Decoded? Yes. Was on uh, the History Channel, and he had... Brad Meltzer was like... In it, but he didn't... He had these team of people that went around the country investigating stuff. He didn't actually do it. Anyway... One of them was that Bohemian Grove, and they actually sent two people to try to get in, and they got arrested. Mm. They were arrested by private security, handed over to the police, and booked for trespassing. Oh, I, I do remember that episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was actually that actually did happen. They were right. arrested because it is private property, and you can't just exactly walk it on there. But you know, you know exactly. Like anytime you see a sign that says private property, keep out. You I mean, really you're can't not go in there. You're not going to be allowed on there, right? I mean, they're not doing anything illegal that we know of. No, it's as, as strange as as it may be. But you know, um, rich people have weird. If you're rich, you can pretty much do whatever the heck you feel like doing, and that's one of the places where they go to to do that. It's away from the public right. eye. They can let loose and wear women's clothes and dance around whatever the heck they feel like. That's doing. right, and and that's part of the the. Um, we just do that in our basements and hope no one's watching. The, the that's the disconnect between the average person that you know, like you and I, and people that listen to this program, and the elites of the world and right. the super rich of the world, because. You know, the the average everyday person struggles every day to make ends meet, and they right. just live in a completely different. It's not the same world. It's not the same. You know, when you have so much money that you know you're not worried about going on uh, Amazon Prime and ordering a, a you know a new new. Uh, I love Amazon Prime. You know, a new uh, uh, thing of socks because you need some new socks. You I know, you're like, Amazon oh, I got to wait till payday to get some socks. They're not worried about that. No, because they can pretty much get and do whatever it is that they want. So they have to find new and interesting and creative ways to pass their time. All right. And it's, speaking like, of go socks, go to Bohemian Grove and kill hookers. Speaking of socks, so I was at a local uh, box store. I love recently. getting new socks. Love it. Why is it you can't find socks specific to the size of the foot? It's a range of sizes. <laughs> you go in there, you're like, oh, I need a new pair of black socks, yeah. a new a new package of socks, and it's sizes 6 through 12. Yeah. That's a big range. Yeah, but they're flexible. No. No, because the heel is in a certain <laughs> spot. The toe is in a certain spot. You can't adjust so you want, that. So you want the sock industry to revamp itself and start having individually sized I socks. I want sized socks. I, I enjoy a sock that fits the foot perfectly. <laughs> Because if you put a shoe on and there's too much sock at the end of the shoe, speaking nonsense. at the end of the foot, it bunches up in the shoe, it's uncomfortable, it causes blisters, it causes redness, it causes swelling, then you have to take the socks off, you have to throw the socks away, you have to give them away to the to the local homeless man. And they man. don't want them. No. Well, you know what? I don't know what to tell you because... You're, you don't understand because you have large feet. You ask, well, I have to get the extra large ones, yeah. So you're, the, you're towards the top end of the spectrum. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mid-spectrumed foot person. <laughs> 
I think you're calling for radical changes in the sock industry. It's not happening. Well, it's got to happen. Nope. Can I get... Does anybody know? Can I get a sock that's sized to my foot? We should, somebody knows. Let us know. Oh, God. DMproject at yahoo.com. Anyway. So that was some some secret societies. <laughs> Talked a little bit There's about... There's a million them. more. There is a million more. We can and, get into. And uh, if you enjoy, if you enjoy uh, YouTube conspiracy videos, just go on there and type some of that stuff. And it's fun to watch sometimes. Yep. Some of it does have a ring of truth to it. Some of it, you know... Like doesn't. I said, I think people just like to have a boogeyman to blame for stuff rather than believe that things are random and anything can happen and there's no one in charge. They like to think that people are in charge. That's right. So that's why secret societies are always going to be blamed for stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to leave with this last one and I'm not going to talk much about it, but it's called the Hellfire Club. Oh. And it goes back a couple hundred years and um, it's a secret sex club. And uh, oh, one, of most, one of the most famous early Americans of, of all time was involved and you're not even going to believe this. Benjamin Franklin. That's right. So you think of Benjamin Franklin as a bald, portly, jovial man. Oh, he was a sex pot, man. He was. He got around. He'd go to France. Oh, yeah. He joined the Hellfire Club over there, and he would. they would hang out in caves and do Why all kinds of... Why'd they call it the Hellfire Club, do you know? Well, you know, it was crazy. And they would do all <laughs> kinds of s- drunken sexual things. They in the... did it in the caverns underneath London. That's right. Yeah. And Ben Franklin was a part of it. That's right. That's silly devil. And I think that, that in, similar to the Bohemian Grove, they pretty much just did whatever they felt like doing and debauchery ensued that's right hookers will be brought in you know why it's even dirtier than normal is because it was back then and they had the hygiene was not good yeah you know what people probably smelled a lot like onions if i had to guess Mm. you ever smell somebody that smelled like onions i did that's gross smells like onions in here now okay anyway all right so that's this week's episode oh you know what we got some exciting news coming up we're gonna have an uh an interview uh, coming up soon we're gonna have it with a famous author well Maybe he's not famous and yet, but he will be famous. We're going to make him after famous. After we make him Super famous. famous. Worldwide, uh, multi-international famous. Yeah, but you won't, uh, you won't just have to hear us talk. You can hear somebody else. That's exactly right. And we have a, another interesting um, alcohol-infused program coming oh, up as well. Yes. We need to do a gin program <laughs> for spring. Gin is a spring beverage. Gin, a gin program would end up in a, a fist fight <laughs> and things being smashed. So I'm going to say no on that. Bathtub gin. All right. So just remember, until next time, the truth exists. Believe it. Believe it.